Welcome back to the Rodeo Wagon Podcast. Today we're here with Jordan Halverson. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's, <laughs> man, it's talking you know throughout the week, and it's just cool all the people you get to meet. And right. I've heard a lot about you with you know through Vinny, and obviously what you're doing with Dale and stuff. But to actually get to meet you is kind of kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like I've been following like all your stuff too for a while. Like ever since like you know being with Vinny and like Western <laughs> Edge app, and you know just all the things. So like just to finally like actually get to talk you know it's like cool and I, it's just funny because you, you see everything from like a social media perspective and all of that but like the reality yeah you know it's just <laughs> well and like a lot of people you know like especially like with that social media when you talk about that like people like also like you want to be the same person that you put online you know and like i don't ever want to seem like i'm fake or anything like that or like there are like been a lot of times where like people have met me and been like oh wow you really are just like the same person like you don't change i was like not really like i just i don't want to be that person either you know i think too maybe in this western or rodeo world i i, I feel like most people are that way right you know yeah. there's less of the people that are just putting on a face you know, for clicks. There's probably, yeah. they're, they're out I mean, there, but I think it's maybe a little bit more genuine. I just, I mean, I feel like that's with anything, though. Like, there's plenty of it everywhere you look, you know. Like, it's it's not, that will never go away. Yeah. And that'll never be just, like, there's never going to be just one that doesn't have it. Like, I think it's going to be everywhere, but. So, you live in Texas now. Mm -hmm. So, give us a little backstory behind, like, what you were doing in North Carolina. Yeah, that's where I was. Cowboying, growing up, you know, doing that. Now you're, you know, obviously doing stuff with Dale on the ranch, but you're, you're cowboying throughout yeah, the week. So, like, so I grew up in North Carolina. Um, I actually, like, grew up riding hunter-jumper horses. So, I was riding English from the time that I was, like, 8 till even really 18. Um, and I had, I didn't even find bull riding or really, like, even was interested in like rodeo until like I was 17 and I really had just tried bull riding on like a whim like a, a bucket list type <laughs> yeah. thing like I was like why would we do that you know and I was riding hunter jumper horses I was riding I was actually catch riding for a lady which means that I didn't have a lot of money because I was a broke high school kid um my parents had gone through a divorce stuff like that so I was riding all these like naughty horses and ponies for this lady and like getting bucked off or whatever and she had actually started dating a bull rider or was like around some bull riders and they had kind of mentioned like hey do you want to ride a bull and I was like why would we do that <laughs> and she was like well how many people do you know have ridden a bull and I was like well just your boyfriend or your friends that we have just now met and they were like we can just do it one time so we marked it off our bucket list and I was like okay cool I've been bucked off all your horses and ponies. Like, what's another animal to get bucked off of? So we went and we tried bull riding, and I had kind of just instantly fallen in love. I had fallen off in two point point two seconds, like <laughs> one jump out, like nothing crazy. A little bull named Snowball, this little Charlay bull, gentle as could be. And so, like, I just I kept going back. They bucked every Sunday. I was down at Shady Acres in Hope Mills, North Carolina. I started going back every Sunday. Like, I was like, I know I can ride this bull, and like. You know, I just, I wanted to get better at it for what, it, you know, I just was literally hooked into, into riding. And during this time, like I was also trying to qualify my pony for pony finals, which takes place in Kentucky. And I had trained this pony when I was nine years old. So I also had gotten off, bucked off of him like a bunch. Like that was just kind of yeah. getting bucked off of horses was like kind of second nature at this point for me. <laughs> and so like, once I realized I wasn't going to be taking my pony to pony finals and I was riding bulls now on the week, on the Sundays, I just kind of went for it. Like I got, you know, I got on my first one when I was 17, didn't really ride much until I turned 18 because you had to be 18 apparently to sign your own waiver. Kind of lied about that. But, <laughs> um, so after I decided that I wanted to ride bulls, you know, I just went into working, um, in like, it's just the I was just like working for boarding facilities like I was just doing kind of like um you know just taking care of the horses cleaning stalls feeding blanketing sure. like just your very typical stable hand yeah kind of do everything fix fence you know all that kind of stuff and was riding started riding bulls more and more like I was finding more practice pins to go to and I, was, I did that you know for a long time I rode bulls from 
I'd really say like 2013. Like I got on my first one in 2012. I really started riding bulls in 2013. I read from 2013 to 2016 without even knowing that other women had ever rode bulls. <laughs> like did not even know it existed. And I didn't even know it existed until 2016 when I was on Facebook and found like that they were looking to do a women's bull riding. So that's kind of how in Texas at the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo. And so I start, I went to that, won it, and like had a blast, like spent like the whole week in Texas, like kind of my first trip away from like North Carolina on my own. Yeah. And then I started going back every weekend. So you were hooked after that. I was really hooked after <laughs> that. And, yeah. you know, I just kind of did the stable hand stuff sure. and was riding bulls and that's kind of what I was doing. And then like, you know, as you if you've been you know you've been in rodeo and like you kind of see this other side of it which is like the cowboy inside yeah and like the like ranch inside Mm -hmm. of stuff and that's what i had like slowly kind of like worked my interest into like i had always like you know thought cowboy and look cool and stuff like that growing up or you know you always kind of have that cowboy and one of the things that I did is, like, we had horses in our backyard at a young age, and I always rode bareback, and I right. always said I was riding like the Indian. <laughs> that's what I would say to, like, my grandma and stuff, and, you know, so, like, I had kind of had this, like, image of, like, cowboying from a young age, but I was so invested in riding and showing hunter-jumper horses, and then when I started riding bulls and was riding more bulls consistently and seeing, like, the cowboying side, side of, of stuff, it. like, I started to become more interested in that, and that's kind of how I found dale brisby and wanted to go work yeah. for him because i wanted to learn the cow calf operations yeah if you've ever been to north carolina there's not much of it and it's not even it's not even that but like the people that do do it there don't even do it horseback hardly there's only yeah. like so so many people that do it horseback right. a lot of people do it by four wheelers yeah 100 percent. yeah that I, out west is really where you're seeing the horseback yeah about everywhere else you know it's four wheelers yeah, it's four wheelers you, know, you and run everything through a head side by sides and, and <laughs> they're not roping their calves and dragging them to a fight like they're not yeah. having a real brand yeah yeah for sure like and that was like stuff i wanted to learn like i wanted to learn that but like in north carolina like i didn't have any access to it like there's just i mean there is not it's not there like yeah. really or if it is it's like a super small group and it's like hard to get in with them guys you know like yeah man it's interesting like you talk about that because you do have you know you go out west and it's a you know you know you watch yellowstone stuff and and that's like legitimately what happens you know coming together whereas you know in missouri you know like you said north carolina illinois it's not that way Mm -hmm. but it is fascinating within like the rodeo and stuff and i think this is kind of the behind the scenes that a lot of people don't see is there are the tons of these guys that, you know, whether they're contractors or whatever, they'll have bunk houses right. and they'll have, you know, bull riders or bronc riders and come and stay. They'll with come them. and stay. It's free. They'll work and they'll, they'll go on, ride. Yeah. And they'll get on bucking horses or bulls or, you know, and like that's what like we tell, you know, a lot of people that like don't get to come and work for maybe in intern for Dale specifically is we like go and find a stock contractor close to you go find a rancher close to you offer to work for free in exchange for knowledge like and like you know i had kind of when i had applied to be for on to go intern for dale like i was just at a a point in my life where like i had just gotten hurt really bad all i was doing was riding my horse it was covid i mean (laughs) like there was just really like i wasn't making any money and like my thing was is like well i'm just gonna go out i mean i debated for a week (laughs) before I was going to apply. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to actually do this. But, you know, like, I was like, well, I'm not making any any money here. Like, I should just go not make money in Texas and and learn this new craft that I've kind of been in. Because, like, I had owned bucking bulls. Like, I had bucking shoots at my house. Like, I owned, like, a small herd of, like, bulls. I I think I had, like, the most at one time was, like, six. Nice. I mean, a couple steer, like, two big steers and, like, some buckers. Like, I had this red muley that was pretty good. Yeah. you know like i was i mean i was taking care of them like i've been taking care of horses my whole life but like as far as like roping goes or like working cow calf like knowing the beef cattle industry like i didn't know anything about that sure and so like i was like well i'm just gonna go apply but had i known that now you know about like going and just asking someone about (laughs) like just working for free and like getting some knowledge i probably would have if I hadn't gotten on Dale's, I probably would have gone and done that and, like, started 
maybe started looking for it even though there's not that much in north carolina maybe i would have gone somewhere else i lived in wyoming for a little bit of time working on like a dude ranch you know taking care of the horses guiding what's the difference between that like a dude ranch versus what you're doing you know now well a dude ranch is like like we were guiding trail rides right like we i mean the most we got to do we got to go gather the horses every day that we needed them like horseback Mm -hmm. like they were out and like in these really big pastures and stuff like that but we were just we just dealt with horses did you did you train those horses like what did that look like because dude ranches you know with their turnovers i mean basically a lot of those dude ranches i believe are more you know head to tail yeah and that's what they were doing what we did was they you know like what i was doing was riding a horse that they had gotten in okay um he was kind of a little spicy like he was fresh and so like i would ride him on the trail rides or ride him together just to kind of get him to where eventually like he could you know head to tail on a trailer ride and be sure. calm and he kind of um would jig like that's what you know like he was just kind of a jiggy horse and <laughs> You know, like that's kind of what we did was we would ride the horses that just needed work and just kind of put them in that trail ride. And what does that look like? So you know th- that, and then you know obviously working cowboying and training these horses and getting young horses and the turnover. How many horses are you riding a day? That kind of stuff. So like I only ride one horse a day. Like I'm only. I mean, the other thing is is like now they're in our program that I'm in now. Like there's eight seven eight of us guys you know like so like i don't want to be like uh, like i don't want to go and ride all the horses and i mean if i mean and and at dales it's like about what you put in is what you're going to get out Mm -hmm. so i ride the same horse every day um i could ride any of the other horses there Mm -hmm. i mean but like when it comes down to it like he's going to be the horse that i'm going to ride i'm going to go to or you know like if you're going to, I mean, it's so good for your bull riding, your bronc riding 100%. to ride a horse. And, you know, so like, he's just the horse that I go to, you know, I've kind of created like a bond with him and I've always been that weird horse girl. So like consistency has always been important in my life. And I just like riding the same horse and he, he's bucked me off before, but sometimes <laughs> he bucks a little bit yeah. and which he's not bad. Like they're not, I mean, he's not mali- super malicious about it, but you know, like I just kind of ride him. I mean, but like all everything we've got at the ranch right now is pretty much broke. Um, but we do, you know, like we go and gather the cows and like we, we get to practice on all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like there's so much cowboy etiquette that people kind of don't know about. Like don't ride in front of someone else. Like, you know, and you know you want to get to the gate before the boss kind of i mean and that's kind of like not really a rule but like yeah, it's kind of sure. one of those unspoken things like you kind of want to do and um you know like i didn't know any of that yeah <laughs> i mean i know like you know and you kind of had to tell like because we ride in a jig line you know and that's kind of how they do it out in west texas but we ride in a jig line and we go out and then you know we we get dropped off in the different spots and kind of make a wagon wheel and sweep that pasture to gather the cows and you know i hadn't hadn't done any of that like i even think like when we would gather those horses out at that ranch in wyoming like that's not even how it was i don't really remember it that was a pretty rough time in my life but you know like it was just like i've just learned so much about like how to you know gather them cows you know just like taking care of them like we've had some cows get hurt that i've got to doctor and you know like I don't know. There's just so much to it. Like It's fascinating to me because I come from Missouri and really my background, I started training when I was 12, 13. Right. Um, so, I, you know, I developed into a, a decent horseman, right. but I wasn't a cowboy, you know, very blue collar, more of a redneck than I was a cowboy. Right. Big contrast, you know, and, yeah. and in Missouri, there's not just tons of great horsemen. Right. Lots of horses. Yeah. <laughs> Lots yeah. of horses, different way of doing it. Right. And it fascinates me, uh, you know, actually learning a little bit about that, that cowboy. Right. And like you even said, the etiquette. And, you know, for me, you know, golfing, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I've been, Kenny, he started wanting to golf. And I'm like, well, you need to learn the etiquette, you know. Right. And mm-hmm. just all these different yeah. subcultures and stuff. And probably depending on where you're at, you know, in the country. They're different. Well, the one thing about, like, like some cowboy etiquette, or, like, really cowboy etiquette, like, that we've been taught, like, if you go and you implement 
implement that at any ranch you go to, people are going to respect you. Because it's like, it is just like so well, like, I mean, it's just respectful. Like a lot of it is like, like when you don't ride in front of someone else, like say you're in the middle of a line, you're, you've got everyone lined up and you're in the middle, like you're going to back your horse up and you're going to go behind everyone. You're not going to ride forward. Well, no matter where you go and you do that, like people aren't going to be mad about, you know, like even (laughs) if you didn't know, you're like, okay, that was kind of, you know, like he didn't just walk right in front of me, you know? So like stuff like that, you know, like it's kind of, you know, like I didn't know that. Right. I mean, now I know. (laughs) And I don't do it, but you know, like there's just so many unspoke, you know, with cowboy etiquette and, you know, people do things different every, everywhere you go. But like, if you kind of follow that fundamentals, kind of like you do when you're riding a bull, you know, you can't really go wrong. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of so, but I've enjoyed it. I've, you know, I've got to drag some calves now. Like we go to brandings because that was one thing I always wanted to go to. Was a branding? Was a branding. Like I wanted to go to a branding and drag calves and learn like the different medicines you give them because like i'm really into that stuff too like the vet care okay because like we've had like cows we had a cow run through a fence and she sliced her whole chest open like on her front leg and like i doctored her through that like got her healthy like she's had calves now since then and like you know just doing all that kind of stuff you know like i just i enjoy like the the technical side of it i guess you would say like the vet care like pulling horses through colic like you know and just anything like anything that has to do with the like vet or medicine of cow and you know horse you know like i, I wanted to learn or keep practicing because like the horses i've done for a long time like sure. you know a lot of that stuff i've been pretty solid in but cows like you know like where you put give cows different medicines or what you need to give them when they're acting this way or you know just there's just so much like and you never stop learning like it you learn something new every day like and and that is very true like 100 percent true yeah that's that's cool and and i mean obviously getting to learn from people that are experienced in it right and how how much of the interns that come in are from cowboy you know backgrounds or or like you so it's i was probably the most me and there's another guy named Cole. We probably have been the most experienced interns that have come. So is it Dale that is basically taught you guys all of this, or is yeah, it? Yeah, most of it. I mean, like the cowboy stuff, 100%. Like some of the horse care stuff. Like I've been doing that since. I mean, that yeah, was sure. my Job before, and you know, like the cow stuff, 100%. Like there was like you know, and like I work pretty close with one of the vets out there. Okay. Like I talked to her a bunch. Uh, my best friend growing up was is a vet now she just um she's been practicing for almost two years now on her own and so like i talk to her a bunch you know like i show her stuff and you know like he's taught us a bunch about like cowboying for sure like and cole came from like a cowboying background so like he already kind of knew that stuff he wanted to he came for like the social media side of stuff i would say like he's a good writer like he writes a lot of scripts and stuff oh okay and so like he you know came for more of that aspect the cowboy and he already had down what a contrast right and like that's the other thing is like the newest intern we have um he's been on you know 100 bulls you know but is really struggling and he wanted to come learn how to ride bulls or and and learn how to make content what are you guys doing on that side so how, how often are you bucking and and learning and on the on the rodeo side so we have these two little bulls that we'll buck every day really yeah if i mean and that's a it you know and like i said before like it is about how much you want to put into it like if you want to get on first thing in the morning and get on that big steer we have we'll buck the big steer you know like we'll buck him before work you get everything fed get ready we'll buck him it takes five minutes start to finish you know so like it's really just about like how bad you want it like and how much you're willing and we'll buck him in the evenings too like you get on him first thing i mean there's i mean he's just an up and down kind of like it's just a live drop barrel it's yeah the li- it's that right, live right. practice and you know i think like that's really important in the very early stages of your career you know like getting that fundamentals down like you know slowing everything down to where you can ride for the eight seconds yeah. you can practice your get off you know like like to me in the i wish someone would have told me to slow down yeah we talked about that earlier i think uh-huh. it's a, a really big deal especially i think it's harder to 
for guys that are coming in that right. later in their life. I know I was 18. There's a lot of guys that start, you know, mm -hmm. or gals that start later. You know, they're 17, 18, 19 before they get on their first bull. And you feel that need to really just, just hammer down and get on those. Get on those rank yeah. bulls, you know, like give me that baddest one in the pan. Like, no, dude. Like, yeah. Hey, first off, you're going to get dumped off right at the gate. And honestly, when you do that, like, and you have no experience and you're getting on these, you know, badass bucking bulls, you know, they, you're going to get dumped off at the gate for one. You're going to put your latch man in a bad spot. You're going to put your bullfighters in a bad spot. And you're going to put that stock contractor in a bad spot because like, I've seen it. I've actually flanked a bull and I did not want to do it. But like, we had one of those guys show up to the practice pin one time and he was like you know like trying to say that he had rode in the pbr and he wanted our pbr bucking bull and like looking at this guy you're like <laughs> this guy's never even probably been on one a day in his life and yeah. i was like and you know i would have probably been a lot nicer right. and i was like what and they were like the guys that run it were like all right we'll give you this bull and it I mean, he's a sure enough bucker, like sure enough could, you know, could almost be a short rounder at a PBR back in his heyday. Like this bull, this little bull buck. <laughs> and I was like, do you guys, are you sure? Like we could put him on one of these Charlets and it's going to dump him off just the same. Like this guy's never been on. And he was like, no, he said he wanted the, the baddest bucking bull. And I was like, God, are you sure? Like, are we, do we want to do, do this? Do we want to do this? Do we want to do this? And they're like, yes. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, we do. We want to watch this. I might even still have the video. <laughs> well, they run this bull in and this guy doesn't even slide up on his rope to not. I'm like, oh no, this is going to, I mean, this bull's going to be kicking over his head and latch. Like this bull's going to buck. And it's like, hey man, like slide up on your rope. Sure enough, this bull, finally we got him slid up on his rope, and he's not in. And this bull comes out, does his job, and snaps this guy's arm, forearm, both bones Damn. in half. Bad. Like, his leg comes over, like, I mean, right there. And I was like, see, like, why do we have to do that? <laughs> like, this kid's now got to go to the hospital. Like, we could have put him on something way, you know? All right, but here's the other side. He asked for it. He did and, ask for it. And maybe... Maybe now he has a really cool story that he's yeah. going to tell everybody for the rest but, of his life. But also on the same, but on the same side of the story is, is like, what happens if he had gotten killed doing that? Yeah, no, for that sure. is the other thing. Is 100%. like this, this. I mean, it's lucky that he only broke his people, arm. People, I don't, and I don't. I think we're just so used to being in it, right? Like people, you, it's hard to realize like how dangerous this sport is. Like, there's been, like, it's it's actually pretty wild. Like you know, I know. You know, of guys that have watched a bull riding where a guy's head got stepped on and he bled out in the arena right there. Right. You know, and, you know, especially inexperienced riders like that that right. are getting on bulls that are... Just way over their head. Yeah. Well, it's just like earlier, I think it was this year. It might have been this year or last year. Did you hear about the little boy that died in King, North Carolina? I'm he was not young. Sure. He was 14 years old. This kid showed up to, an arena, to a rodeo in King. They bucked you know, anywhere from calves, steers, sheep, it was, it's a zebra, and he had never been on a bull in his life, and he went and he entered, I mean, and I understand, like, I don't know if, like, just nobody, I don't know the exact situation, because I was not there, right. but I know that this kid got on this big bull, I mean, and, and for a kid his age that have been on a bunch of bulls, like, this bull wasn't that bad, but he had never, never been, been on, on, and this bull come down and stepped on him, and he ended up passing away from it, and I just, I don't know if people just didn't convince him out of it. I just, I don't know. Or if they just let him be in the draw like normal, you know. And it's, it's one of those things, like, I wish someone, which I don't know if they did. But, like, I don't know if, like, someone just, like, was like, hey, man, like, this isn't a good idea. Or, like, they're like, hey, don't enter. We'll put you on this steer or something, you know. Like, right. never been on one. But he got on a big bull and it just, I mean, I mean, the bull didn't, wasn't mean or anything. didn't, like, hook him or anything. But... You know, like, that's just how dangerous it is. And, you know, it's going to happen. Like, you're going to have those yeah. instances and stuff like that. But that's why I think it's so important in the beginning that you are very slow about it. Like, Yeah, I agree. I mean, that and you mitigate risks, you know, injuries and stuff like that 100%. that are going to hurt especially you later. I'd say especially. But it, it is it maybe even more for kids. Right, you yeah. Know, a 14-year-old's body is not even built to handle 
Right. You a, know, a good stomping from a good from stomping. A you know, if you're, pound bull, if you're you know? 26, your your body's fully developed. It can handle quite a bit right. more. But even that, like you know what you're saying, that that development really needs to take place. Mm-hmm. And this sport really should be about skill development. Yeah. You know, like, we should focus more on skill development and less on this cowboy. Yeah. You know, toughen up uh, and just get on that rank bull and. You know, like, I got on some buckers when I first started. Yeah. I'd gotten on some bulls that really bucked, and I got hurt doing it, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and I wish someone had just told me, like, hey, slow down, like, you've got the whole rest of your life to do this, like, you're 18 years old. And test yourself. Yeah. For sure. Every now and then. It was one of, probably the best thing that ever happened in my career was when I first started, I wanted to do that, and I Mm -hmm. wanted to get on everything, and Ray Cox um travis finley was mm-hmm. slinging shanks and he yeah. actually learned and lived with ray yeah and ray i lived with jim shoulders yeah and traveled with him yeah um but ray always told me he's like look i will help you but you're gonna do what i say mm-hmm. and when i tell you you can go rodeo then you can go rodeo and i'm gonna tell you who to go with right and i spent probably a year where he wouldn't, he would tell me what bulls to get on, uh-huh. and he he developed me as a rider. And when I got to a certain point, he said, "Okay, now you can go rodeo, right. but you have to go with these guys." And so I went with Brent Menz and Caleb Brule. If you're around Illinois or Missouri, those yeah. people would know who those guys are. Matt Wearies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of went with them, and yeah. and I I learned how to right. rodeo at that point, you know. But it was a slow process, right? Um, and I think if I would have went the other way, yeah, I don't think I would have developed as quickly. You know, in four mm-hmm. years, I was able to make it on tour, right. which is quick. However, right. it was very slow to start. Right. And, and I think that's what people don't realize. Yeah, I mean, and I think once you get to the point where, like, you're dominating jump kickers and tennis shoes and you're, like, picking your spots to get off and you, you know, like, test yourself with that better bull, right. you know, first or, you know, like you know get on those better because when you get to the rodeo like that's it like that's your bull you get it's gonna be the bucker you, you got to be awake on that first you got to react on yep. that first one you know but like i think it's important until you're you know pulling your tail and finding a good spot to get off before you you know you do that you know like but you know like i think going going that route like go and get on a bunch of different jump kickers that you don't know I mean, there's plenty of big bulls that just jump kick oh, in a straight line, sure. you know? Yeah. Like, get on, I mean, and they're and the, strong. And size is good, too. Right. For, for guys, that, you know, I was talking to Kurt Check, uh-huh. and his boys are coming up, and when we were over in Saudi, we were nothing to do, so we right. spent a lot of time talking about it, and, and his boys are coming up, and he talked about how those kids... Uh-huh. It's size matters. So the right. little bulls that could be freaking nuts, these little calves, right. they'd, they would get on them all day. But anything that was bigger, they wouldn't get on. I think that, you know, helping these kids get on bigger stock, that's not bucking as hard. Right. They get a better feel. It helps build their confidence. Are you searching for that perfect statement? Look no further than bluegrass engraving, where creativity meets craftsmanship. Their specialty lies in creating custom buckles and dip cans, but that's not all. They redefine elegance with an exquisite line of jewelry. And for those who appreciate a little flair, check out their engraved guns collection. At Bluegrass Engraving, they don't just create products, they craft experiences. Visit Bluegrass Engraving today and let them turn your visions into engraved realities. Bluegrass Engraving, where artistry meets authenticity. What's up, everybody? I'm thrilled to announce a fantastic partnership between the Rodeo Wagon Podcast and Rodeo Life Official. Rodeo Life isn't just a coffee brand. It's a veteran-owned business that epitomizes the principles of hard work, dedication, and perseverance in all their products. As an avid consumer of Rodeo Life coffee, I am proud to align myself with a company that mirrors my values and resonates with our audience. Supporting this veteran-owned business is not only a testament to our shared ethos, but also a way to give back to those who have served our country. This partnership promises exciting content, collaborations, and surprises for all our listeners and the rodeo community. You can anticipate special episodes featuring the Rodeo Life experts and even a chance to win some Rodeo Life merchandise. We look forward to this journey with Rodeo Life and the enriching experience it will bring our audience. Join us as we venture into this partnership, fueled by a passion for rodeo and a great cup of Rodeo Life coffee. Stay tuned for more exciting updates and the amazing things to come from the Rodeo Wagon Podcast and Rodeo Life Official. Make sure you go to rodeolifeofficial.com 
and check out all their sweet merch. Hey there, folks. I want to tell you about my favorite cowboy hat brand, Sombrero Brands. As a professional bull rider, I know how important it is to have a hat that not only looks good, but can withstand the toughest rides out there. And that's exactly what Sombrero Brands delivers. Their hats are custom fitted and shaped to perfection, with a level of attention to detail that's hard to find these days. But what really sets Sombrero Brands apart is the fact that they're a family-owned and operated business. Mark and Kendall Holler, the owners, and their daughter Sarah, who's only 13 but already a hat-making prodigy, are all passionate about their craft. They know what it takes to make a cowboy hat that can stand up to anything the rodeo circuit can throw at it. And get this, the founder's grandfather, Polly Holler, was born and raised at South Camp on the Four Sixes Ranch. These folks have got cowboy blood running through their veins, and it shows in every hat they make. That's why I'm proud to have Sombrero Brands as a major sponsor for my podcast, the Rodeo Wagon Podcast. So if you're in the market for a hat that's tough enough to handle anything the rodeo throws at it, give Sombrero Brands a try. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Right, and like, you can go and do that anywhere. Like, I mean, like, especially like if you live somewhere where like bull riding, you know, there's a practice pin every day of the week. You know, and I think it's important to like test your, you know, test yourself on not only bulls that are going to, are going to buck and turn back and stuff like that, but test yourself on getting on that bull that's going to jump kick that's bigger, stronger, might have more kick than what you're used to. Like, that's the thing is like, in bull riding, you can dumb it down so much, but the mother rust stock events, you, it's hard. You yeah. know, you can't really like in uh, bronc riding and bareback riding, like you don't have like, it's hard to find those like perfect practice horses. Like you yeah. kind of, and that's why they say like, Bull riding is like the easiest to get into and the easiest to start because you it's, can really dumb it, it down. It's the cheapest too. It is the cheapest, <laughs> and and you can you can make it less dangerous. Yeah, in a sense. Right, right. As much as you can. Yeah. You know, like you can get on bulls that ain't mean, that don't hardly bug. Sure. You know, big steers, but like in the horses, like you're not gonna ride your first couple horses you know and that's a fall hard fall tall fall to hit you know the ground on a bucking horse and you know you can't really dumb horses down like horses are gonna buck and yeah it's it's hard to find a good set of the right practice horses and we're fortunate enough that we have a lot of those beginner horses that sure. are, are good for guys to get on their first couple and there's but a, like that's any, not even in Missouri. So like yeah. with that in Texas, but in Missouri, I wanted to saddle Bronc. Right. That's what I wanted to do when I started. Uh-huh. And um, there was it was twelve hundred dollars for a saddle or something yeah, like that. It's crazy. And, and there's no place to practice. So and then the and then those practice horses you are gonna get on are yeah probably gonna buck, well there was know? there was either buckers or there was horses that were just gonna run and you could just do that on your saddle yeah, horse yeah <laughs> and. So I'm like, well, I can go to a practice pen, right. and I can get on a bull and just do a bucket list thing like you're saying. Right. But in yeah. Texas, like you can get on some saddle bronc, and you, you have access to a lot more right. of that rough stock side outside of bull riding. Right. And, I mean, it is a big deal. Like, it is a big deal to get started in anything. It's a, it's a scary leap of faith, you know, like, especially, like, once you put your mind to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, you get to a point, and, like, I can... I see it happen a lot, but guys get a lot, like, really complacent where they're at. And they're like, all right, this feels good. You know, like, I'm riding everything, (laughs) but they're not really bucking. Yeah. I think we've all done it at some point, you know, for even if it's only for, like, a couple weeks. But you're like, man, this feels good. Like, I feel great, you know, but I'm not – but you're not really pushing yourself. Yeah, well, it's even, like, so the last couple years when I've come back from injury. Right. um, It's just been a weird spot in the season where, uh, you know, the team series kind of was going on. So Mm -hmm. I I came back and I had ACL surgery, so I missed the whole team series. Well, I'm like, well, I'm just going to go to a bunch of amateur deals. Mm -hmm. And I went for two months, and I think I fell off, like, one or two bulls. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this feels good. It feels good. I get it. I get why guys can really get, you know. But at the same time, like, going back and resetting, saying, like, why did I start this and where do I want to go? Right. And at the end of my career, when I'm done, am I going to be happy that this is right. what I did. And some people, yes, they will be. They'll right. be like, look, this was a lifestyle. I loved it. Right. And then other people have a little bit more drive where it's like, no, I'm not going to be happy unless I, you know, See, do this. And I feel like I do that about every other year. Like I get to this <laughs> point where like, 
like this year, like for example, back earlier in January, I kind of stung my knee in the ground and I really ain't been right since because mm -hmm. like, I just kind of like, I don't know. I just haven't really been pushing myself. Like I was last year, like last year, 2022, one of the best seasons of my life. Like I wrote dang near everything I was getting on, you know, like I just, I was having a good year. Like I was riding bulls away from my hand into my hand. Like it didn't matter what I was getting on. I was riding it. But then like this year, you know, like I stung my knee in the ground, we've had less entries and like, I just kind of haven't really been like pushing myself and having that drive. And it's like, well, I feel good. You know, my body feels good. Cause I haven't been getting on as much as I was last yeah. year. And now I'm like, well, do I really like, I'm kind of been fighting with myself men mentally because right. bull riding and anything rough stock you do is mostly mental, you know, 90% yeah, mental, 100%. the rest is in your head. And like, I've just been kind of, you know, figuring out what I want to do like do I really want to push myself for next year or like do I want to give myself some time off and you know but the last two weeks like all of a sudden like I've kind of like okay well like I I think I do like just want to kind of go and hammer back at it you yeah, know yeah. and like like the thought of like quitting has only really ever crossed my mind one time and that was like when I had to have my second ACL surgery which is crazy not my almost near-death experience but my ACL yeah. is what was gonna do me in um and so like I that was the only time that I ever had thought about quitting and that was just because like the way it was presented to me in the surgeon's office was like all right like I can make your knee stable to like walk again and I was like oh so like that really means right. like I'm not and then like you know Tandy was like five months after he had done it and I was like so like because of the bone spur like can I ride again and he was like yeah I thought that's why we were doing this I was like oh my god I've been thinking this whole time I was never gonna ride a bull again and I came back from that really well and <laughs> rode the best I've probably ever rode and then you know this year it's been kind of slow uh -huh. I've I probably rode about 50 percent of the bulls oh. that I've um gotten on which is like a lower average than I like to be so yeah. I like to keep my average about 75 percent with practice bulls yeah so like if if i if i'm bucking off bulls in the rodeo and i get my percentage lower than 50 then i have to go ride as many and it can be anything it can be steers it can be sure. big bulls it can be it can just be anything but i have to ride that many bulls to make my to balance my average back out to that that i've rode 75 percent yeah of my bulls and that's, that's just a mentally that's yeah. just a mental game because right. like you know, like, right before you get on, you know, you tell yourself, well, you're riding dang near everything you're getting on. Like, it matters. It really 100 does. 100% matters. Yeah. And, you know, especially, like, right before you, you go to get on one that, you know, you're entered at and you're like, all right, like, you're kind of going through your head. And you're like, no, you've rode the last 10 you've gotten on. Like, you're good. Like, you've got this one, you know. And, and I think that's really important. And, you know, Cody Custer has said it before, you know, just going out there and, like, dominating jump kickers after the, like – riding so many that the next one can't throw you off yeah and that i feel like you know in 75 percent, i feel like is a very realistic number like you're not gonna ride 100 percent of them sure. like you're gonna have those days i mean kudos to the guys that can but i mean i don't think anyone does i even like growing up um when i first started and stuff like the big thing that like ray said was like when you can ride 70 percent of your bulls you're ready to go to the next level right and so i kind of always you know took took that mm -hmm. you know and it, it's rough like i never i don't think i ever actually calculated the percentages right. but you know i kind of understood the concept of like right. hey you need to dominate this level before, before you move on before you move on and and then every time you do that you're going to drop back so right. every time you make that next level right. jump you're gonna you know it'll be three steps forward one step back mm -hmm. and that progression except for a few people there yeah. are a few freaks out there like john Crimber. that john Crimber, <laughs> but he's been doing that for you know Years. since he's i mean i mean he i mean when he's a kid he's born into this yeah you know? and he's been dominating and his dad was one of the best to ever do it right so you know you have a lot of advantage for some of these kids coming up that are around the right guys from right. a really early age i mean and he's just i mean he's just loaded with talent oh, like yeah. loaded i mean i just saw like he won the thursday night pbr deal last Se night seven like, events in like less than two months right and i i don't is there an event he hasn't won that's my question yeah i think so <laughs> i think there were i think one? One? i think so i think he was second oh second man. or third he could so he could do better <laughs> yeah you know? he could do better. you know there's one but, that he didn't and but. that's that's you know you you see that and that's exciting and it's exciting for everybody but like for a lot of people starting off you got to understand that's not 
you know, that's not the reality of it. Like, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people where it takes years of skill development to, to reach that level. And look at Eli Vassbinder and he was, he was great, but you know, he was 30 when he, did he win rookie of the year? Yeah. Yeah. He's 31 rookie of the year and he'd been riding a long time, but, but he really hit his prime. And since then, yeah, I mean, you, Eli's freaking one of the best in the world. Right. And this whole expectation, like, if I'm not 18, you know, that's the biggest thing I struggled with when I started mm-hmm. was I was starting while these kids were you right. know, the same age as me. Yeah. But they had been doing it their For, whole life. You know, and I had uh, met Fabiano Vieira oh. last year. Yeah. Um, I actually went to his house. Like, I I don't remember exactly how it all worked out. Oh, yeah. You know what it was? It was Renato Nunez's daughter is um i've known her for like two years through social media and she was actually over in the states visiting and i went and hung out with her in decatur well she was staying with uh the you know fabiano's family and he has two young daughters and they invited me over for dinner that night and so i got to go to his house and hang out with him and talk and you know he you know got hurt really bad and in 2020 i think it was in stanford at that pbr and yeah. You know, he can't ever ride again. And yeah. I went over there, and he was telling me that he didn't even start getting on bulls until he was 22. Really? And he was one of the best to I do didn't it. Know. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think if it wasn't for shoulders, he would have probably had multiple world titles. Right, yeah. You know, and so just listening, I mean, and he had gotten presented a helmet because I think they had thought he was going to ride again, but he didn't. But he gave me that helmet and cool. one of his rock star bull riding gloves and you know it was a really sweet moment but like you know he didn't even start until he was 22 and he went on to do some really great things and you know people forget that like just because you weren't born into it or you didn't start doing it doesn't mean that you can't go out and do great things with it as long as you you know take the right steps and the right precautions and like you know you work really hard at it and the thing that I struggle with right now for like me is like, where, like, what is my next step with it? Because like being a female in it, you know, like I don't know where I go with it. Like I've won the women's stuff and, you know, I've rode some really good bulls, went to the PBR combine, rode a good little bull there. But like, you know, bucking bulls don't care. They don't care about anything. And, I've kind of here lately, you know, I think a girl could go in and, and ride some long round challenger bulls yeah, or for sure. velocity bulls. Like you I showed think, me some videos of them that yeah, you've rode. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, I think it's like, that's a possibility, but like, as far as like a girl getting on like the big tour and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like it would have to take a John Crimber type girl. Yeah, sure. And, um, I just, and I still even think then like, I don't know, like how much a girl's body can handle abuse getting up to that point and then turning 18. And I don't know. I do think that what you're doing and, you know, really paving the way for girls to actually see this as an opportunity. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, in the years to come, that development can start taking place. And you're really laying a foundation with what you're doing and spreading awareness to the fact that there is a place, at least, for girls in this sport. There's, like, an avenue for it. Because, like, and they used to have it in the WPRA. So the WPRA, which is the Women's Professional Rodeo Association, used to have all three rough stock events for women. They had uh, bronc riding, barebacks, and bull riding. Well, they got rid of it in 08. So before I had even, like, even even thought about getting on a bull, like, this was, like, five years before I thought it, even thought about getting on a bull. I was, in, I was in eighth grade. And so, like, you know, in 08, though, you, you look back at the bull power and, like, the bulls that they had for even guys to get on, it wasn't the <laughs> freaks that are going down the road today. Like, yeah. you know, like, it's been over 10 years since, you know, like that's happened. And like the bull power is just, I mean, it's been 15 years. We talked about, you know, this year, because me and Keith, especially in the velocity, Mm -hmm. and it's funny that like when the ABBIs come in, everybody's going to the bull teams. And I mean, Keith talked about it and we're like, well, first of all, we're definitely going to the ABBI because we go to that classic deal. You're going to win more money. Less guys are going to ride. You, you got to show up. But at the same time, Ten years ago, if you went to an ABBI, you know that they were bringing the buckers, and it was a night and day difference. Nowadays, I feel like all of them buck 
that oh hard. yeah and like when did the abbi start i'm not even sure you know what it, i mean yeah so like so in 28 you know in 2008 when those women were riding and before that like you didn't have buck and bull competitions yeah. you didn't have people breeding actual okay. freaks and like competing those right. bulls so like now and like everything's a bull classic like you in i mean i went to um i forgot oh i went to the bull sh the um cedar park shootout velocity last year oh, yeah yeah for the with the austin gamblers uh -huh. i went and did some stuff with them and that was a it was a bull team event yeah, it was the a, same it was, weekend it was as, as memphis so yeah. me and keith went to memphis and then the bull team was... yeah it was a classic like it was an abbi classic and those bulls were competing just like just, the riders yeah. were and like I, you didn't have that when girls were riding and mm -hmm. like now everything's about you know bull power and yeah, like it wasn't it. you know you you go to a bull riding now you know you get on tour you know you got 20 bulls there might be one that has a bad day but they're all gonna buck yeah when like back then like you draw out of 20 bulls like maybe five of them are really gonna buck yeah the and other you, 15, you watch the videos it's you can tell there's it's i mean it's a night and day it's difference a, yeah. and you know i've seen some bulls that, that those girls used to get on and they were big and they were nasty but like they were just they were kind of just trashy bulls like right. they're just kind of out of line or and big and strong and you know I mean, still r probably a lot harder to ride, honestly, on, <laughs> than some of, like, the nicer bulls today. Yeah. But, I mean. It's I a mean, different way. But they're not even riding those, you know. and like It's even a different way of riding. Right. And so, like, you know, they, you know, if you've been in rodeo and you've watched rodeo, like, you've seen that they've created this new event, Breakaway. Because yeah. girl, they don't expect yeah. girls to jump off and tie down a, a big, soggy calf. And, you know, I think it's kind of we should look at bull riding the same way. It doesn't mean that girls can't rope a, you know, like girls can rope a calf, but like, are they going to jump off their horse and tie it down? It's kind of like, well, can a girl can ride a bull, but are they going to ride those 22 and 23 pointers that they're hauling to the velocities? Well, maybe once in a blue moon or You're they right. get on one that has a bad day. Or one that just fits just up underneath himself, right. bucking really hard, but you know. Staying right there. Yeah. You know, but, like, how often is that going to happen? Sure. And is there going to be a girl that does, is able to keep their hips down and, yeah. and ride that one? You know, consistently. And so, like, I think there's this avenue, you know, like they do with the mini bulls and the, yeah. the junior bull riding. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, you can get a lot of bulls that look like they're bucking. Like, but they're not near as strong. Yeah, they're not right. going to come to hook us. And not well, that we, we can't do it. And we've but, talked about it you know uh this week as far as that's concerned because like there's a lot of this stuff that from the visual they mm -hmm. look the very same. similar but the same but there's a difference in the feel and the power and the, right. just the quickness that it's happening mm -hmm. that you can't really see right and like i used to test ride a bunch of two-year-olds like i used to there was like this um kind of this little tuesday night series i used to go to and i w had won the amateur well in the amateur we had gotten on the bull that i own now another little black bull that would turn back and then a bunch of just big steers. Mm -hmm. Well, I won it that year and the, one of the stock contractors was like, hey, and you had to move up to the open. And he was like, hey, like, I don't want you to get on these open bulls. Like, cause we had gotten on those open bulls the year before and I'd gotten my jaw broke. And uh, then I won it the next year. And then it was like the third year, like I had to move up to the open and, and the stock hunter was like hey like I'm taking some of these bulls to the velocity is like I don't know that like you need to be getting on these and yeah. he was like how about we, we work out this deal whereas like I know you want to ride I know they're not gonna let you ride in the amateur again he was like how about I bring you a fresh two-year-old each week I'll bring you a bull won't charge you to get on him because you're doing me a favor and I'll bring you these bulls that I've only ever bucked with a dummy so they're gonna buck but they're not going to be near as much power because they're young, mm -hmm. they're smaller, and, you know, and so, like, I did that. Like, I was doing that once a week, you know, and I was getting on some good bulls, and, you know, I had rode one, I'd started, rode one for, like, six seconds, you know, like, I mean, bulls that were turning back, and there was a couple that I didn't even come close to riding that just really bucked, but, you know, like, doing that, and I was like, man, like, that hadn't that has now opened my eyes to like well we can get on some of these like younger bulls that you know were good with a buck and dummy but weren't like super rank but yeah. like i remember they weren't strong at all like you know like i felt 100 percent capable of riding those bulls and you know it made me think well like i could we can get on stuff that looks like they're turning back or really bucking and like but they're not yeah right 
I mean, to the average Joe, they're not going to know the difference, yeah. you know? And so that's kind of what I've been thinking about lately is like, how do I get something to where like girls can be competitive, can make some money, but not like have to go get on something that's completely like they're going to have to work for it and they're going to have to try, but sure. like that's not completely over their head. Yeah. And it gives in, like you said, with the goals, you right. know, is like providing a, you know, association Mm -hmm. That is going to allow girls to aspire to something. Right. And, and not, you know, get to that point where it's like, well, this is all that's available to me. And, and I've done a good job here. But there's not really anything that right. would and keep me from, you know, going. And the, associ going. the association that I created this year, you know, I have 22 or 23 paid members. We only have seven that are the pro division, which are like the ones that you get on bulls that turn back yeah so at least everyone else as a novice rider which they're pretty much just getting on jump kickers i mean getting stock for that is also really hard you're kind of at the mercy of the stock contractor because you tell them you want just jump kickers and you know they'll be like oh i'll bring you some big steers and they turn out to be smaller steers than you expected and it's like well sorry but yeah. if i would have brought shit that would have slammed you out in the gate you would have been also mad so like you're going to be mad either way right and you know, like, I just, <clears throat> I want girls to want to get to that pro level, but I just don't know how many of them are going to push themselves to it. Yeah. You know, like, you know, especially, like, I feel like you don't want to be a bull rider until you've had your first major injury. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of girls don't, sometimes don't yeah. even really get their egg cracked. Really get their egg right, cracked. Right, sure. And, um. I think a lot of times when they really get their egg cracked, it, it, it's a it's a hard thing. You know, guys can go to that nothing box, that that no-think zone, yeah. but girls can't. Like, huh. it's, like, we can't ever stop thinking about something. Like, it's it's just really hard to, like, you know, and the other thing is, is, like, with boy riding and all of our stock is you got to be able to separate, you know, your emotions 100%. from your emotions. It's a big deal. And every single weekend whether you're talking about the best guys in the world me and andrew alvedra talked about it you know yeah. it's like jose guess what he's feeling everything that everybody else is feeling and he's he's he just can, he can handle it and, and compartmentalize right. and navigate through those emotions uh in in order to be successful right. and if you've ever had a girlfriend or wife or you know i've dated like you know how how women specifically girl. <laughs> yeah well women specifically like a lot of times react on emotion yeah and i mean and that's just how we're wired right. and like when you get to a board and like you got to be able to separate like you can't let that one thing someone just told you right before you got you get on a bull like affect you and, like, i can just see it now i mean my first real experience with this is when like if i look at my daughter uh -huh. she'll just break down in tears i'm like yeah. <laughs> I don't know what i just did you know and she's just she's learning like all these emotions because she's growing and, uh, and developing yeah. and these emotions <laughs> and, <laughs> i mean and, and sometimes i've let emotions like obviously like work to my advantage like i remember this one time this guy i mean and i get it like he, we were going to this his winter series and i had rode in his amateur series the year before and rode like one out of the three i got on yeah i mean the other two i rode for like seven seconds and then like the next year i was like well i'm just gonna enter the open like his open bulls were really just not bad at all and i had um i had gotten there and the first time i went he you know he i and entered the open i like pulled this bull out of the hat and he was it was like a bull named a boy named sue I mean, this bull was going to walk out and kick over his head. And he was like, oh, you don't need to get on him. He'll, he's going to hurt you. And he was like, draw again. And I was like, why? And he was like, just draw again. So I drew this other bull out. And it was like, I think it was, his name was like uh, Rooster or something. Mm -hmm. And um, he was like, oh, no, you can't get on him. He's going to kill you. He was like, you've got Dodger. And I was like, well, that's not really fair. Like, that's not the bull I drew out of the hat and he was like he was like well i don't care he was like if you don't want to get on him then you can take your entry fees and leave i was like well i drove two and a half hours <laughs> out here right. like i'm not gonna just leave now yeah 
So I was like, fine, you know what, fine, I'll get on him. Like, it's not that big of a deal. So I got on this little bull named Dodger. He went out there like three or four and then turned back to the left. And I, I rode this bull. Like, I rode him for like nine or ten seconds. <laughs> well, they were like, they called me for no time. And I was like, no time? I was like, what the heck do you mean? And he was like, we clocked you at 7.9. I was like, well, can I see the stopwatch? And he was like, I already cleared it. Already and I was cleared, like, yeah. okay, whatever, you know, like, I'll... <laughs> whatever so like i go back the next weekend and like this time i legitimately drew dodger out of the house so like he was okay with it he was like he, he normally wouldn't let you draw bulls two times in a row but yeah. he's like yeah you drew dodger like yeah. that's the one that's you've the got one. and i was like all right fine cool whatever well this time dodger dodger like he hipped himself and i jumped off and like called for a re-ride and he was like he said, you tried him. I was like, yeah, I tried to get off. Like, <laughs> I declared myself. He was like, well, you don't get a rewrite. Yeah. And I was like, all right, whatever. Well, I had told this story to some people. These people thought I was making it up. Like, there was this other girl that was riding, and she thought I was making it up at the time. And I was like, dude, like, I'm telling you, like, this is how he treated me and stuff. And she goes out there, and the same thing kind of happened to her. Like, she rode bull, and they didn't give her a score. They said that she slapped him. Yep. And then, like, you know, like, he did the same thing where, like, he – wouldn't let her you know get on a bull she had drawn and she had kind of thrown a fit about it and was like me and jordan like we want to get on the bulls like that we draw you know like we can get just as hurt on the dinky bulls as we can on the better bulls and i was like i don't care like i just want to ride bulls yeah and, and uh you know and so that had kind of happened and it was what it was like it wasn't that big of a deal and right. i go the next weekend after that had happened well um this guy, he kind of had a mouth on him, and I drew this bull out, and his name was Skidmark. I mean, <laughs> bull does not buck that hard. He's just really, really mean. That's about the only uh, yeah. thing to him. He's really mean. And I drew him out, and he was like, what do you got? And I said, Skidmark. He was like, well, you don't need him, but <laughs> you've got him, because that girl had done the fit the, the, the weekend before. And I was like, Jerry, I'll ride whatever piece of it. You want to <laughs> run up underneath me. And I sure enough did ride that bull, and they had to give me a score. Like, I was like, uh-uh. Like, so they marked me 72 points. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, this bull got marked 72 points. Well, another kid had also drawn this bull after I got on him. This bull stopped at, like, the six-second mark and stood there for two more seconds, and this kid rode him. They marked him 72 and a half, so it would push me out of the oh, way. Like, that's, that was the yeah. kind of stuff I was dealing with. And I was like, you know what? Like, I made my point. Like, I rode this bull, sure. like, and I didn't go back after that. But, like, you know... That was, like, one of those times where I let my emotions, like, work to my work, advantage. Because yeah, I was, right. like, kind of mad. I was yeah. like, that's bull crap. Like, it's, it's really not that big of a deal. And I'll show you the video because the bull really, like, they were worried about me getting on this bull only purely because he was mean. Not because <laughs> it's bucking ability, but because he was just purely mean. Yeah. And so, like, that, I mean, that was just one of those times that, like, you, you can sometimes let those emotions, like, yeah, work to sure. your advantage. Because yeah, I was really definitely. mad. And probably as you mature and you grow, you kind of learn, like, when you can kind of let emotions <laughs> yeah. go yeah. and, and kind of navigate it. Yeah. Um, I know we got a freaking busy day today. Yeah. Um, but you're inspiration to a lot of people. And, I appreciate um, it. You know, especially where we're going and heck for me and and having a daughter you know mm -hmm. growing up like it's people like you that have discipline and work ethic and are kind of yeah. pushing the envelope and showing like look there's a lot of yeah. things and a lot of opportunities for women you know coming up in the rodeo industry that right. has really been dominated a lot by men outside of barrel racing right um you know historically so mm -hmm. it's really cool mm -hmm. um uh, we'll definitely do this again. Yeah. And because we could talk for probably two, three yeah, we hours. We could probably talk for a long time, yeah. especially about board riding. I know. <laughs> and and we, did, we haven't even really got into, you know, the, the Women's Rodeo Association yeah. that you're really getting into. Yeah. We'll get into that again. Yeah. And, and hopefully, you know, we see that continue to grow. Right. And, and hopefully a lot more women start to become aware of this and mm -hmm. and know that they can do it without going and just getting killed off. Too. Right. Exactly. So There's a the way to do it. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Heck yeah. Guys, thanks for tuning in to the Rodeo Wagon Podcast. Cosmic Cowboys produces this. Make sure you give them a fo follow. They do a great job. We're just cowboys. Um, <laughs> they're the tech people. So uh, thanks for the sponsors, um, our partners at Rodeo Life and Sombrero Brands Cowboy Hat. Great cowboy hats. Rodeo Life Coffee is my favorite coffee, and I drink coffee all the time in every single podcast. <laughs> Anybody that knows me or goes with me knows how much I drink coffee. So if you want a good quality cup of coffee, Rodeo Life Coffee has it. So, Oh, thank you. Yep. Uh, 
social media tags? Uh, Jordan, J-O-R-D-E-N, 395. It's pretty much on everything. On like, everything. That's same name on TikTok, Heck Instagram. Yeah. You guys probably have already following her, but if you don't, <laughs> you're new, uh, make sure you give her a follow. A lot of cool content that you, yeah. you guys are continually producing oh, and, and you're doing a lot. So. And this is Star. I don't know if you can see him, but Star the good dog. Yeah. Here, come here, Star. Come here. Come on. Get up there, come Star. On. There you go. There you go, boy. <laughs> She's the star of the show. All right. Sounds good. We can use or not use any of that at the end, but I wanted to.